before we get started, man, just tell us a little bit about yourself so everybody kind of knows who you are and why you're such a special guest right now. Well, thank you for the invite. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Alfonso Marquez, and I am a Major League Baseball umpire. I've been umpiring now for, uh, I just finished 24 and a half seasons in the Major Leagues. Wow. Um, professionally, 30 years. So Professionally, 30 years. That's a long time to be out there umpire. Yeah. So, like, what yeah. got you started being an umpire? Like, what was it that made you want to do this? So, funny thing, um, you know, uh, when I got to this country, uh, I was a little older to, you know, to start playing baseball. I was, mm-hmm. you know, 12 years old okay. when I started, like, organized baseball. Right. I've always been a baseball fan because of my dad. Uh, always listen to to games on the radio and stuff. Uh, he always grew up being a baseball fan, and so one of the few times I hit the ball well mm-hmm. inside the park, home run, coming around second, I missed second base. They appeal to the umpire, and so he calls me out, right. and I was like, "So the opposing team appealed to him." Yeah, okay. and I was like, I happened to run into that umpire in the parking lot after the game, right. and I was like, "Excuse me, sir, how how did you see that I didn't touch second base?" Right. And so he's telling me, well, you know, we train for that. We look for this. We look for that. And I was like, man, you guys get paid? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, well, you know, this was in Southern California. Right. And so he started breaking it down. And I'm like, man, I'm taking pencil to paper, like, this much per game if I work, uh, you know, my summers, a game a week, right. a day, four games on the weekends, maybe five. So he's like, look, if you're really interested, talk to your parents. They give you the okay, I'll take you to our next meeting, we'll get you qualified, and we'll get you out there work little kids. And that's where the interest came. So, so once you started, like, like how was that? Because for, for me, I'm just like being an umpire, or in, for me in a, a sport of football, is the referees. Like, that is something that like, you have to know all the rules and intricacies of baseball. Like, how... When you started that, like, what's that like to learn all those rules? And to, because I don't know baseball. Like, this is so interesting to me to find out about this. So, when you started, like, how was that studying? And, like, what was that like? Well, because I grew up a baseball fan, I knew a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, once I got into the, the umpiring side of it, I immediately fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I've always said that, that to be an official of any sport, you're born to do it. Because there's people that have tried it and they just find out it's not for them. And that's okay. But once I got into it, fell in love with it, and you know how it is when you love something. Yeah. It's you, you dig up all you can about it. Mm-hmm. You learn everything you can about it. And it just becomes easy. And I'm just lucky that I found my calling. And, and you just learn all you can. And then you go to umpire school. Um and you learn everything about it. Right. So how'd you get into umpire school? So you started at a young age, so you, you made a mistake, and then you realized, like, explain to me why I made that mistake, and then you, you fell in love with it, and then, so did you continue playing baseball while you were being an umpire with the Little League? Yeah, yeah. I was always good enough to make the high school teams, okay. but not good enough to really play a lot. So, <laughs> uh, but I did. I continued playing. Um, there was times where I would go from high school baseball practice mm-hmm. to a field to work a game but my love was always with the umpiring aspect really? i just i loved every, every everything about it well before i could drive my dad who's also a huge baseball fan used to have to drive me to these games yeah. and he'd sit there and watch me umpire you know the little kids yeah. and so i just fell in love with it, everything about it and so when i was 18 i kind of quit umpiring because right. 
you know, I, I wanted to be part of the cool crowd and uh, hang out and go out and this and that. So you started doing some things yeah, you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but about six, seven months later, I'm like, you know what? I miss umpiring. Like, yeah. I actually missed it. Uh, and, you know, the little bit of money that came yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm like, I miss it. So I went back to a gentleman that ran quality officials, Dennis Murphy, and I said, hey, you know, will you take me back? Uh, and he said, look, I got you. I'll give you some games. Mm -hmm. And then people, other umpires started saying, you know, you should think about going to umpire school. I'm like, umpire school? I had, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. How does that work? Because, like, really, who knows how you get to the major leagues, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, look, three schools at the time. And they, they brought me pamphlets of these schools. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, man, this is. I can actually go to umpire school. And so anybody can go. What? Doesn't matter how old, how young. It doesn't matter. Anybody right. can go because you pay. Right. Okay. So school, I describe umpire school in this way. It's a school for those that want to learn or get better okay. in umpiring. Right. But it's a tryout camp for those that want to go into professional baseball because you get picked out of these schools. Uh, they take you to another school, and then from there they take – you know, if they need 15, they need 20, they take the top 20. Umpires place you in the minor leagues, and then you have to work your way up. So when you're at that school trying to get to the minor leagues, are you, like, what is going on? Like, are you out on a field, or are you just taking, like, I guess I'm very ignorant to this, so you have to forgive me. It's, no, no. it's when you are at the school, you're learning the rules, obviously, and they have to put you in situations. So you're being graded and the coaches are like, okay, or the umpires or your teachers are like, okay, I like this. He graded the highest. And then they'll, they move you up. So going from little league to JV to varsity, is that? Yeah. So these are, there's two schools out there right now. Very, very well organized. Um, the mornings consist of classroom. Okay. Go over the rules. Right. Uh, whatever rule they go over that morning mm -hmm. in the afternoon after lunch, you go out to the fields and you start practicing applying those rules out on the field. Um, and the guys that run these schools are um, guys that work either in the major leagues that mm -hmm. are instructors right. or guys that are working currently in the minor leagues. Okay. And so they're the guys that, that, that evaluate you. Uh, and that's what it consists of, five weeks of – uh, classroom for rules, application on the field, okay. and then they take you through different things, working the plate, uh, mechanics, uh, and they look at everything. Really? Everything about you, how, down to how you look in a uniform, how you, <laughs> you manage a game, how you control yourself. Yeah. They take you through uh, fake ejections and arguments because it, it all matters. Yeah. And so at the end, they take, you know, when I went, there was – Again, three schools. Each school had probably about 120 students. Wow. Uh, each school picked, I believe it was like the top 25. Mm -hmm. Then they bring those 75 together. Right. And that year, I believe 20-plus were placed in the minor leagues. Out of that year, only three of us got to the major leagues. So I want to go back to something you said. So you practice fake ejections. Now – Obviously, there's a big difference between someone pretending to be mad at you and somebody really being mad at you. How do you manage that? Like when you're in a minor league, in a major league, like how does that differ from level to level when you're dealing with a coach or a player? Like how do you maintain your cool and your own mental sanity when you're dealing with these guys? I, I'll tell you what. It, it, I found out in my career, the younger I was, 
the more immature I was in the game, yeah, uh, I used to get so mad. Took mad. it personally. Yes, because yeah. everything was personal to me, mm-hmm. and I used to get so mad that I would stutter during oh, arguments because I, I mean, <laughs> I, I'd want to come at you and get at you, right? Uh, but the more I matured in the game, personally, the older I got, yeah. now it's I, what I try to do in arguments is I always put it. I, I give the ball back to you. If you're the one arguing with uh-huh. me, come on, Fonz. That's not a strike. Right. Instead of me getting mad, I usually say, man, Russ, you don't think it's a strike? Now I'll put it back on you. Yeah. How are you going to respond now? Yeah. Most it. guys, most of the time, they'll say, nah, I think it's down. Okay. <laughs> it's over. Right? <laughs> it's over. <laughs> if I put it back on you, now you come back and you go, yeah, let's go, man. You've been doing that. Now I say, hey, Russ. Don't get ejected over that. Uh, it's yeah. back on you. Yeah. How are you going to react? How are you going to respond? Because ultimately, as umpires, we, our job is to bring, bring you from here down to here. Hey, let's calm down. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Prevent you from getting ejected. Right. Right? Ultimately, if you get ejected, you're the one that ejected yourself. That's the ideal. Okay. Right? Because we don't want to go after you. We don't want to bait you. We don't want... We just don't want to come after you. Right, right. We try to keep you in the game until you choose not to stay in the game. Right, because I've seen some on television. You see the guys pulling up first base and kicking dirt, and you're just. And as I'm watching it, being a football player, you know everything is so emotional. You play with so much emotion, and everything is fast. Right now, that I've been in arguments with referees, and I'm like, come on, man, you got to see that holding. Like you're not paying attention. But it's like I got to get off the field. Whereas baseball, you have way more time. You have a bigger audience. And I feel like sometimes it's almost like guys are trying to show umpires up. And so I've always wondered, like, man, how would I deal with that situation? So you put it back on them. Yeah, I do. And also you start learning that, hey, managers have a job to do, defend their players. Right. Um, I don't take things personal uh, anymore because really when it comes down to it, these guys are professionals. So are we. And it's not. And you understand the intricacies where you know – all right, we're going to get into it here, but I know what he's doing. He's yeah. protecting his player. Right. And I learned also that whatever happens that day, huh. at the end of the day, the minute I leave the locker room, I, I tell the guys on the crew, the minute you can vent, you can t- say whatever you got to say, uh-huh. do whatever you got to do in the locker room after the game. Okay. Once we leave the locker room, it's over with. It's over. It that, stays That's there. good because I was going to ask you about that. Like when you do get somebody that gets in your face, like – I know I can get worked up about things, and I'm like, you you have to be able to let that go. So that that's good to know. So when you go into the locker room, like obviously you can't go into a lot of detail about it. So is there a lot of yelling and screaming in there from the standpoint of like, I can't believe he talked to me like that? <laughs> yeah, you know, we all uh, react to uh, things differently. Yeah, obviously. A lot. Yeah. Some guys get quiet. Mm-hmm. Some guys need space. Some guys want to just vent and get it out. Okay. And you start to learn the crew, right? Yeah. All right. So I know Russ is is he's he's gonna get loud here for a second, right? So just let him yes. be. Let him be. Let him go. Get it out. Yeah. Get it out of your system because the ultimate goal for our crew is that once we leave the door, it's over. Yeah. You've done cool. what you had to do. Yeah. Now it's over. Because I I want us to come back tomorrow and it's a brand new day. Right. Most of the time anyway, either if we make a mistake or or a player manager makes a mistake, uh-huh. again, like I said, they're all professionals. Yeah. They'll come out the next day and go, hey, man, my bad. That's good. I shouldn't That's have good. done that. 
Or or there's times where we'll come out and go, hey, you know what, that pitch you were talking about? I looked at it, and yeah, you were right. So how does that go over when somebody, you know, you, you do make a mistake and you say, you know what, you were right, I was wrong. Like, do they then say, well, I told you, or are they like, I appreciate that? You know what, I have to, I have to say that uh, 99% of the time, uh, again, we're all professionals, right. and, and guys appreciate that. Um, you know, if you, you could you can tonight call me uh, call me an MF for tonight. Yeah. Right. Um, which is pretty personal, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But um, I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah. There's there's a, a, a I won't say his name because no. he's an active manager, very cool guy. Uh, but every word, every other word out of his mouth is is a cuss word, <laughs> and that's okay because that's just who he is. Right. Right. We get into it. We're in Texas. We get into it. I eject him, and he's, I mean, he's just going off. Right, right. That was getaway day. Getaway day. Meaning it's the last game of the series. Okay. After the game, we got on a flight. Now we go to Milwaukee. Okay. The very next day, 7 o'clock game, we walk in the locker room in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. The locker room phone rings. Now, keep in mind, I've already left the city. Yeah. And that team's gone somewhere else. Right. Pick up the phone. Hey, Fonz, it's for you. Hello? And it's that manager that I had words with and ejected the day before. Uh-huh. Hey, Fonz. Uh, yeah. Hey, this is so-and-so. I'm just calling to tell you that you were right. <laughs> and I'm sorry for how I acted. I was an idiot and other words. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I just want to tell you you were right. Have a good series. We'll see you down the road. That's good. So, like I said, 90%, everyone's professional. Yeah. And and guys will say, hey, listen, my bad. Uh and so will we. And yeah. guys appreciate that. We appreciate it. And it allows you to just move on and be able to walk out the door that night. Yeah. Put it behind you. And no grudges, no nothing. It's today's a new day. You know, that's great because, like, for us, we our interactions with the referees are so small and so quick that I don't even think, you know, you say what you have to say and it's so fast and they move on. I mean, I remember one time. Um, I had a referee and I was mad because I, I felt like I was being held and you know I barked at him pretty hard and he told me he goes well maybe you just need to be a better player and I was like <laughs> like it infuriated me but I'm like no you can't expect this grown man to keep sitting here and being berated like and then like you said it was during a timeout and I, and I knew I was like hey man my bad about that bro um I, I, I went too far with that he was like yeah man I'm sorry too and we, and we he even told me he goes you know the reason I didn't throw that flag was because yeah the guy was holding you but you didn't make an attempt to get to the play you were more worried about being held and I was like okay cool now yeah. I know what you're looking for now I understand yeah. how how this how you go about this yeah so as we're talking about like the different plays in baseball now I'm, I'm gonna talk about this once again my 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 knowledge is very limited with all the new, I guess, things that are going on in baseball as far as the timeouts, or not timeouts, but the instant replays and the, the pitching square. or The, the, the pitch clock the and the, pi and the automatic, automated strike zone. Yes. And, yeah. How do you feel about that? Like, Is that something you could talk about being yeah. active? Okay. Yeah. Um, as we all know, technology is here. Technology is here to stay. It's going nowhere. Right. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Mm -hmm. So... Um, as far as replays, I'll tell you this. My biggest nightmare in, in my baseball career, God willing, I worked 30-plus years. But the biggest nightmare was to work that many years and be known for one call because we have certain umpires that have had, again, 
30, 33, 35-year career. And people only know him for one call. One bad call, yeah. And in a big game, or uh, I'll give you an example, Jimmy Joyce, um, they know him for one, one Jimmy call. Jimmy Joyce, you got to explain to me. I'm Jimmy sorry. Jimmy Joyce had a call for a, uh, that prevented a, per, a perfect game. Perfect games come along wow. every so often. Yeah. And, and perfect game means no hitter, right? You didn't allow anybody on base. Oh, okay, okay. You, every batter that came up, you got him out. Oh, wow. No base hits, no errors. Nothing, nobody was on base. Wow. And so last out, uh, play at first base, and and uh, the call was missed. And it ended the perfect game. Um, but where I was going with it is that people know him for one call. They don't realize Jimmy Joyce had an outstanding 30-plus uh, year career. Man. They know him for the one call. So that was my biggest nightmare. Well, now with replay, uh -huh. I think replay is great. Yeah. Because that nightmare is over. It's not going to happen. If I miss something, let's correct it. Let's yeah. get it right. And it doesn't affect the game. Yeah. So replay I like also because it shows players, managers, fans, anybody watching the game that our job is not that easy. No, it's not. Oh, my God. Like, that. that's amazing to me. Like, I've watched a little bit of baseball just because, you know, I know you. I know KD. And so I've just kind of picked your – or at least KD, I, like, how do you – watch his feet to tag the bag are you how do you make that call at, when you're throwing somebody up they're running the first base and it's a tie are you are you listening for the the pop of the glove and you're watching it like how do you make that call yeah so we're we're trying to to watch for the foot touch on the, the base and listen for the the ball hitting the glove and so uh you know thousands of repetitions we we become pretty good at it so that's another reason i like replay because it shows fans that our job is not that easy, yeah. and that we're pretty damn good at what we yeah, do. Yeah, that, you know? exactly. Even with football, it's like when I was playing, you're always getting mad at the referees, but now being retired and I watch games, and you know we've been up there smoking cigars together, and you'll watch a game, and it's like, man, we're sitting here watching this in slow motion, and we're having a hard time making yeah. the call. So it, yeah. it really does give you a different perspective of, that's it happens right now, and yeah. you have to make that call in real time. Yep. So that yep. to me is just like absolutely amazing. Now we've had this conversation before about that little squared little yeah. strike zone, <laughs> and like no, go ahead. I want you to go ahead and talk about that because well, you were talking about it's off a little bit, it, and it's it is where it's, it's coming it's, from. It's uh, uh, you know networks put up that box, mm -hmm. um, so it's not it's not one box uh, universal box. Okay. Uh, it could differ, you know. Um, by by an inch and an inch in baseball is a lot right. um so i just i would like fans to realize that the box you see up on tv uh it's there for entertainment purposes to kind of give you an idea of where the strike zone it's like uh, the yellow line in football on yeah, the screen yeah it it's get, just accurate. to give you an idea right um unfortunately people swear by it um and it's okay i mean they have that right, right. Uh, you know so <laughs> When they see that the ball was barely, barely off the box and we call it a strike, mm -hmm. um, you know, pe people go off. Yeah. Uh, people will blast you on social media. People, yeah. and, and you know what? I, I signed up for the job. I get right, it. Right, right. I get it. But I would just like to, to say that, you know, the box is there for entertainment purposes. Um, will they put something – Legitimate up there at one point, I I believe so. Really? Because again, technology is here to stay, yeah. 
And um, I don't think still is going to be uh, a perfect system just because uh, strike zone is is a beast. Um, Everybody's different in height. Not everybody sets up in the same exact spot in the batter's box. Um, So, you know, if every single pitch was straight, then it'd be pretty simple. Right. But don't forget, you got curveballs, you got knuckleballs, you got sliders. So the strike zone, you have to explain this to me because, once again, this is I'm learning this as we go. So what does the strike zone consist of in baseball? Like- so it, it by rule, it's the midpoint from your belt uh-huh. to your shoulders, midpoint. Okay. And then they call it the hollow of the knee. The hollow of the knee. So basically pretty much the middle of your knee, so anything from here to here should be and then within the plate should be a strike um but don't forget um and it's not you know a lot of people think well ricky henderson he used to squat down really low Uh well it's not when it's not how you stand it's at your actual hitting motion because everybody i don't care if you stand high you stand low when it's almost time to hit the ball what does everybody do they all stand up so this is where you judge it. And so if it comes in there in in your what you judge, uh, if it nicks any part of that strike zone, then it should be called a strike. That's amazing to me because I've watched um, they have those cameras and they show the ball coming in. And I at sometimes I'm just like I just hear the pop of the glove and I'm like, I didn't even see the ball coming in. <laughs> Like you're talking about ninety miles an hour. I mean that ball is already small, so to me it looks like a tic tac coming in there. So that's just repetition, <laughs> right? Like yeah. that's got to be you've yeah. seen it so many times—a curve, a slider. Like you, you'll call it in your sleep, and I'm looking at that like I don't even know what what that was or what just happened. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, again, I can't even tell you the the thousands and thousands and thousands of pitches that I've seen, uh, and it's all repetition right in minor leagues you work a lot of plate jobs yeah. and that's the purpose is to to get you to see a lot of pitches and so every pitch is different yeah. every hit is different every catcher is different so framing what what is framing like i think i understand that is that what they try to basically fool you into thinking that it was a strike yeah yeah <laughs> i i they you know lately in the last few years they've started doing a lot more of that um me personally i wish they wouldn't because I can take anybody and put you behind me, huh. and, and I'll tell you, if you see me catch a ball and go like this, what am I telling you? Yeah. That it's, it, wasn't it wasn't in there? A, yeah. But I'm trying to – Trying to right? fool you into it. Again, I, I wish they wouldn't, but there are a lot of great catchers that uh, instead of pulling, they just they just give you a good, a good frame versus mm-hmm. – Yeah. But again, we've seen so many pitches throughout our career that I'd be lying to you if I said I can tell the difference between this and this. Cause yeah, I can't. Right. So at some point in in baseball, will there be an automatic, automatic or automated strike zone? I, I kind of see that when when because technology just keeps developing really? and developing. At some point, they probably will come up with something like that. Mm. So that's that's interesting because I mean now you're you're taking jobs away. You know, would you think they will still have a, a the back? I don't, I don't know, like behind the plate. Like, is there still going to be a need for that if they do go automated? Yeah, you know what, Russ? I, today, I believe so, okay. because there's still so many other things that that can happen back there that they would need us for. You've got fair fouls, catchers interference, 
batter's interference, foul tips. There's a lot of things that, that still would happen that they would they would still need an umpire back okay. there. Okay, good, good, good. So now I want to ask you this. Like This is going to probably go back a little bit. And you were talking about how, you know, you sometimes when you have a bad game or, you know, somebody's barking at you, like, how important is your family and your upbringing? How, how has that helped you to be able to deal with that when those situations arise? I mean, is it your wife? Is it your, your, your family? Like, how do you use them to help you kind of bounce back or recover from, a, you know, a bad day at work? Well, for me, family is, I mean, it's very, very important. My wife is, is obviously not only does she hold the fort down uh, when I'm gone, but she knows me so well that, you know, after games, I'll pick up the phone and she could almost tell just by, you yeah, know, the tone of, of yeah. yeah. And she'll say, uh, talk to me. <laughs> and so she just lets me, you know, vent, whether it's on field, off field, uh, with crew, with whatever. Yeah. And she just lets me vent. And she knows that most of the time that's all I need. Yeah. And she's so good at it. Because for me, I just like, I want to fix things. You yeah, tell yeah. me something, it's like, well, maybe you should do this. Yeah. She's just like, that's what she says. Talk to me. Yeah. What's Sometimes going you on? just need to get it out. Yeah. She's awesome with that. Our kids, uh, they're awesome just because they think dad's cool. And so <laughs> that's always a good thing when yeah. your kids think you're cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, like, uh, my daughter, uh, who you've met yeah. uh, on my way here, she's like, uh, she sent me a quick text. Dad, you're the the, the coolest man around. You're going to do great on this podcast. <laughs> and so, I, you know, it's stuff like that that yeah. just boosts you. And, and it's like you start thinking, man, you know what? No matter how tough or bad a day I think I had at the job, it's like I know why I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it because I love it and it provides for my family so yeah it provides well for you yes 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 <laughs> that that is great so now i want to talk about this like you were the first latino like born in mexico am i correct that's correct to be yeah. a crew chief yes like how important was that to you and what has that meant to you so the dream for me russ was was when i was you know 15 16 17 except for the one year 19 yeah was the dream was to to work Major League Baseball, to right. umpire Major League Baseball. Right. Um, you know, usually kids will will cut out, uh, you know, pictures of their favorite player. And mm -hmm. I used to, like, no kidding, I used to find pictures on, like, Sports Illustrated and stuff yeah. where there would be an umpire, uh -huh. and I would cut it out, and I would make a, a book about it. Wow, because, you're serious about yeah, this. Yeah, like, that was the dream. Mm -hmm. So when the dream was finally realized, and I actually got to work uh, Major League Baseball, and was hired full time, I was like, this is awesome. I was living my dream. Had zero clue, zero idea until a reporter knocked on the door in LA and said, hey, can I talk to uh, Marquez? And so I'm like, hey, how you doing? And he's like, hey, listen, we need to do a story on you. We need to do this, we need to do that. And I'm like, man, I just got hired. I, I don't, yeah. don't want to be doing stories. Yeah. He's like, he goes, do you realize that you're the first Mexican born umpire in the history of baseball and i was like i started thinking i'm like you just living the dream yeah i was i'm just living my dream here yeah. what are you talking he's like yeah he goes the first latino was cuban there had been a couple of cubans before that or uh, before me and i was the first mexican born in the history of baseball and i'm like whoa it's a lot of pressure yeah because you're like in the community yeah and then you're like oh man then you start thinking man that's a lot of responsibility yeah that's a lot of pressure but I'm like, 
hey, I welcome it. Let's do this. Because yeah, yeah. uh, I've always been, you know, I'm here for a reason. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in this position for a reason. Mm-hmm. All these things are happening now for a reason. You know, getting to the major leagues is hard enough. Yes. Getting to this country was hard enough. And all these things are happening. Okay, let's do this and, and, and see and try to repay and, and find out why I'm here and who yeah. I'm supposed to help. That's amazing because I, I when I read that about you and I was like wow that's that's amazing like it's just like um, KD he's retired and I had him on here you know he was the first African American one so I'm like you don't think about these things in the moment you're like okay I'm just living my dream this is what I'm passionate about and you just work hard to get there and then when you look up and you take a step back from the frame and you're like wow I'm representing for an entire culture like everything I do how I carry myself is being watched in these. So when you have these young Latinos that do they come up to you and do they recognize who you are? And they were like, you know, can you just, how do you, what advice can you give me? Like, yeah. how do how did you do it? What was your. Yeah. Um, again, at first it kind of floored me for a second, like man in the history. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I welcome it. Let's do this. Since then there. Yes. You know, I always uh, went back to Mexico to to either I don't say teach but share my experiences with yeah. with guys down there right. uh whether it's the Mexican league whether it's amateur baseball but all about umpires right yeah. because I I want to share the experiences and learn from each other and so now there's guys from Venezuela mm-hmm. there's a kid from Puerto Rico there's a kid from the Dominican yeah. there's a second kid from Mexico that's now full-time major league umpire yeah. And so I'd like to think that, that you know. You're an OG, man. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> I've tried to, to be there. I've tried to share my experiences. I've tried to help them uh, with, the, with the ins and outs on, on how to carry yourself on the field, off the field. Right. Eyes are on you. Yeah. Dealing with arguments, dealing with situations. Yeah. And so I, that's been my, my worry, you know, that, that, that whatever, I don't want to keep anything from me. I, I just want to be able to just share it right. with whoever approaches me. But yeah, they'll 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 seek me out and say, "Hey, you know, how did how do you deal with this? How how should I deal with yeah. that?" And so again, I'm I'm happy. There's a lot a lot of minorities now, a lot of Latinos in 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 the umpiring aspect of it, and hopefully more to come. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that deep down I've always wanted to be like. I wonder if I want to get into being a, a referee in football, and then I'm like, Nah, man, I know how I used to snap at people, <laughs> and I know my temperament, and I don't, even at 48, I still don't think I'd be like, Hey, bro, you're not gonna talk to me like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like that's funny. So, okay, now I want to want to talk about your. Um, your World Series. Now you have five of them. I've I've been lucky enough to work five. Yes, you've worked five. So. Out of all five that you've worked, like, first of all, like, tell us which ones you worked, and then what is your favorite or most memorable, like, uh, World Series? Like, something you just, for me, I played in one Super Bowl, so obviously that is the most, that's the epic for me. That's the top of the top for me, and I just, I I could talk about it. I talk about it and get chills to this day. Like, what is that for you, having been in five of them? Well, very blessed. Again, very lucky. I always tell the young guys, you just let your work do the talking for you. This won't get you anywhere. You know, you can talk about how good you think you are, but let the work show it for you. 
And so, yes, five. 2006 mm -hmm. was my first one. Uh, 2011, 2015, 2021, and 2023. And my favorite, man, they're all so different. It's yeah. like you say, I could talk about each yeah, one. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and you get the goosebumps because uh, first one, because it was my first one. Yeah, absolutely. Right? The second one, because my wife got to go to that one yeah. and be with me the whole mm, time. I know what that feels uh, like. Yeah, and so the third and fourth where, especially the fourth, where now the kids were old enough out of school yeah. and now they're experiencing it wow. with us. Uh, my fifth uh in -huh. uh, and, and my first four, my parents, it's so hard to plan because, like, you don't know what teams are going to be in it. Yeah. So it's not like you can start buying airline tickets <laughs> until the last minute. Right. And so my parents had had not been able to beat a, uh, to a World Series in in you know in four that I had worked, uh -huh. and uh, this fifth one, my whole family was able to go. Wow. My whole family, including my mother in law, my sister in law. Like when I say my family, yeah. I mean everybody got tickets. to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of tickets, but everybody was able to go. My sisters, their families, oh, and so. Uh, it, you know they're all special in their own way right. and so I, i'm just uh, i'm glad that everybody's got a chance to experience it and you know i i was lucky and blessed that way i mine obviously my only trip there obviously is my favorite but like you said i was able to have my family there because it was here in arizona so i just felt so blessed because my mother-in-law my father-in-law before he passed away was there my kids were so young they were like six and eight so they were there and they were in the moment they have all these pictures but as young adults now my daughter will be 22 in april my son just turned 20 they really don't have a, a real like oh my god i remember this and yeah. i remember that they're like yeah i kind of remember the yeah. super bowl so I, I hate that they didn't experience it or have those memories like i do but for me it was just so amazing to have my family there and then afterwards to celebrate that moment with them and for them to be a part of that because not a lot of people get to experience that. And so when you get that opportunity to share it with your family, it's just so special and you know, and it's just having your family there just means so much. And I, and I know for you, family means a lot, just like it does for me. So, I mean, just to have your family, I can imagine how amazing that was. Now, this is the part of it was it nerve-wracking having all those people there or was it easy because it, it was it was it got on my nerves i'm not gonna lie to you everybody needed something everybody wanted their time and i'm like yeah yeah mm. i i can't i i can't, I, I can't say it was easy because it, it wasn't um because like you say you're worried about making sure everybody's getting to the stadiums yeah. and, and you're worried about making sure mom and dad are mm -hmm. comfortable you know your wife your kids and, and you're just worried about all that but again, we talked about family earlier, and that's where where my wife's like, "Look, honey, I got it. Yeah, let me take care of the stands. You do you. Yes. And so it's like, uh, but the feeling to walk out onto the field, right? Mm -hmm. And then you run out to your position, and to look up on the stands, and it's like, yeah, it's that's fair. all You're for like, me. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. You're like, wow, all these people yeah. and all these people on television and. You know, you're just like, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. So I know for me, the first play that I got in there, I was a nervous wreck. I've been doing this for years, and it was like, oh my God, it's the Super Bowl. I'm really out here. I'm really doing that. Is that what it's like as an umpire as well? Yeah, especially that that first one. It's like, uh, I'm actually here. 
you know, that first play job in a World Series, it's like you 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 want to go out there, you want to be perfect, you don't want to miss anything, you right. don't want to. Um, and so there's all that added pressure. And then yeah. uh, I got to be honest with you, it, it takes, and I tell young guys too, it, it's going to take you about an inning or two to settle in yeah. and to realize it's just another game. Yeah. It's just another game. Yeah, a lot of a lot of importance to it. Very important game. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're yeah, not doing anything, anything different today than you did last month. Yeah. So just another game. But yeah, you're you're a nervous wreck. Um, <laughs> I've worked games, Russ, where I I'll, I'll talk to myself out loud between pitches because I get that worked up and that that nervous and that. Yeah. So that's how you deal with. Cause I was yeah. going to ask, like, how do you approach that? Because for me, when you're playing, you're nervous. It's those first couple of hits, and the, you're like. Okay, I got this. And, and you try to breathe and you try to talk to yourself. There's all these different things that you try to do. So you just talk to yourself out loud? Yeah. Uh, I've done that before where I'll tell myself, hey, take your time. Take your time. Watch the ball all the way in. Timing. I'll, I tell myself a lot. Timing. Yeah. Timing. Watch it all the way. Take your time. Yeah. I just remind myself, take your time with it. Watch it all the way in. And, yeah. and I say it out loud. And a lot of times we wear a microphone for TV <laughs> and people in the truck got to be going nuts. Like, who is he talking to? But, yeah, I I, I talk to myself when I have to. Um, it's awesome because you, you get to know your crew because you're with the same uh, crew mm-hmm. all year. Okay. And so you start to know guys. Yeah. Guys start to know you. And you can pick up on little things where between innings I'll come down and say, Russ, you all right today? Everything cool? Wow. Yeah, That's yeah, Fonz. I'm like, you know, I'll be yeah. like, look, you're a little quick today. Just take a deep breath. Just Relax. do your thing. You do you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's crazy because it's very much like being a player. Like, you have to go through these mental preparations, and even during the game, you have to remind yourself you can't be too high or too low because you're going to hear it on the sideline. Your coach is going to let you know about it, and you're going to have to watch it on film. So it's like – you know you made a mistake, realize you made that mistake, but now you got to move on yeah. because there's going to be plenty of time to get your butt chewed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're going to have more than enough time to get your butt chewed. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so it, it's, yeah, we, we talk to ourselves. We talk to each other. Sometimes we have signals with, with, uh, with your crewmates. For us, what gets umpires in trouble most of the time is your timing, mm-hmm. your too quick, your positioning. Those would be, I'd say, the two biggest things. And so if I pick up something or someone picks something up on me, you know, I, I might get your attention and I'll look at you and I'll go, hey. Oh, timing. Slow down. S- yeah. Slow down. <laughs> slow down. And then it's like, okay, it clicks. And yeah. and so, again, we talk. I talk to myself a lot. We signal or talk to amongst each other and, and help each other out. Okay. Okay. With everything you've accomplished, what do you feel is one thing, or not just one thing, what is it that you would want to leave behind as far as your legacy when it comes to being an umpire? Like, what is something that you would want people, when they hear your name, this is what they think about you? You know, the old saying in umpires is, uh, he was firm but fair. Uh, <laughs> we always say that amongst umpires, but really is um, work ethic. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I used to complain. Uh, my father, um, when when I was a kid, uh, my father was a, a, a gardener um, most of his time here in the United States. And so when we would get out of school in the summer, mm-hmm. uh, he would give me two weeks. He would say, okay, you got two weeks to, to chill from school, and then he'd take me to work. Yeah. 
And I used to complain all the time because all my other buddies were like, oh, you know, chilling. Yeah. Doing, That's doing what got whatever. you in trouble at 18, though. <laughs> exactly. And so uh, I used to just complain and be mad like, man, why is he taking me to work, man? I'm just a kid, you know, and this and that. And now I thank him for it. Kept me out of trouble. Yeah. Work ethic taught me work ethic. And it also taught me that, hey, uh, if I want something, I'm going to work for it. Yeah. And so I, I try to teach that to our kids, um, and I, I, I don't know. I just I want to say, hopefully, when when I'm long gone and and my name somehow comes up, that they could say, "Hey, there's a guy who worked hard every day, earned what he got, and did the best he he could every day." Yeah. I mean, other than that, what else can I ask for you? Really, know? that's really about all you can. I mean, it's just like with me, you know, when it's all said and done, I want you to judge me by how my kids are. Yeah. You know, I know the mistakes I've made. I know, you know, the shortcomings that I've had. So for me, like, don't look at me what I've done. I want you to look at my kids because for me, that is my opportunity to try to give back and to do better than what I did. And yeah. just to give you something, you know, look at them and judge yeah. them. And yeah. that's how I want to be remembered. Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, someone someone can say, hey, you know, there's a kid who came from Mexico who uh, had nothing, got here with with nothing, I found a picture the other day. It was the day we got to the United States. Really? And it was, my mom had doubled up on a pair of pants, two pairs of pants that I was wearing, two shirts and a, and a heavy coat. And that's all we had when we got here. And so if, if somehow, I want people to see that when there's a dream, anything's attainable. But you got to work for it. Yeah, ain't yeah. nobody gonna give it to you. The dream is free, but the hard work so separate. Yeah, yeah, but it, but it, it can be done. <laughs> yes, absolutely, it can absolutely, be done. Absolutely, brother. Well, so. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on here. Thanks for tuning in to the route. Don't forget to subscribe and connect with us on socials for exclusive updates. We'll see you next week.